The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with Fandle, official partner of the NBA. The ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Welcome in. It is a Monday edition, a festive, jubilant Monday edition of New York, New York with yours truly, J.J. John Jastrzemski, where we hit the trifecta. Yankees, Giants, Jets, three for three Sunday going into Monday. But make no mistake, we'll get to the football. It was a great day for both of those teams. But the Yankees were fighting to stay alive. And... We have been rocking day in and day out. There have been no days off for the New York, New York crew after the Yankees lost the excruciating extra inning game on Friday. And then Saturday night was an absolute gut punch between the manager and the bullpen usage and IKF and everything that transpired in that game on Saturday night. You needed to get the momentum back on your side. And let's give credit where credit is due. In the biggest start of his Yankee career, Garrett Cole facing elimination, a bullpen that was super taxed, a bullpen that's not particularly deep, a bullpen that desperately needed a good chunk of off time. Would the starting pitcher be able to deliver? Would the $300 million man 
be able to deliver. And Garrett Cole was absolutely fantastic tonight. That is what you expect out of your ace. And we spent all season talking about how he would handle the postseason. Would he avenge what happened last year against the Boston Red Sox? So far, so good here in this 2022 postseason. And this start, you can add a little extra oomph to it because you face an elimination. There is no margin for error. The Yankees gave him an early lead. I thought the Rizzo hit early was gigantic. Glaber gets on, steals second base. Rizzo gets the base hit. Allowed the Yankees to settle in. Allowed the Yankees to breathe a little bit. The beta home run, thing of beauty. How good has Bader been in this postseason? Three home runs here in the American League Division Series. He's got two against Cal Quantrill. And we wondered about that beta trade. The trade deadline so far has not been a monumental smash hit for Brian Cashman. Some bad luck mixed in, too. But Harrison Bader, it's been a godsend for the Yankees. You can make the argument he has been their best offensive player in this first-round series. But from that point forward, Cole had a shove. He did exactly that. He survived that bloop. I don't know what Aaron Hicks was doing. I don't understand how he doesn't charge the ball. But a huge play in nailing Ramirez at first base. Huge, huge, huge play in the game. Then he gives up the homer to Naylor. And how many Yankee fans are watching saying, oh, boy. Rocket, basically a five iron in the right center field. Naylor is doing one of the most outrageous and dopey celebrations that you're ever going to see. And apparently he's been doing this all year with the baby. But, I mean, you're down in the game. I'm watching. I'm like, what in God's name is this moron doing? And Cole basically was like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. We won the game. That's the right way to handle it. Who the hell cares? You look like an absolute jackass. You lost the game. And I'm all for the celebrations. I'm all for these guys bat flipping, pimping home runs, posing, doing what you want to do. I mean, that was a little extreme. Was it not? I mean, it was a little bizarre. But that should not in any way take away from what you saw on Sunday night. Garrett Cole was the ace of the New York Yankees. Garrett Cole pitched the Yankees into a game five. Now, you got help from the bullpen after Boone screwed it up. Not using Clay Holmes on Saturday. Holmes comes in the eighth inning. Had the walk to Quan, but aside from that, the stuff was terrific. And then you get to Wandy Peralta. Third day in a row, Boone goes to Wandy Peralta to close the game. And I think Wandy Peralta, for what it's worth, folks, is the reliever right now that Aaron Boone and yours truly has the most confidence in. And he answers the bell and he does the job in the ninth inning. So it was exactly what the Yankees needed. And now the stage is set for game five. And I'm cautiously optimistic. The Yankees are a better team than the Guardians. But they need to play their game. Tomorrow's game or tonight's game, whenever you're listening to this podcast, it's not about Savali and Jamison Tyon. To me, this game is about will the Yankee bats show up and show up in a big way? That means Aaron Judge who outside of the Game 3 home run has been quiet in this series. That means Giancarlo Stanton, who has had a knack for performing in the postseason. That means Anthony Rizzo, who's played in his fair share of postseason games from his days with the Chicago Cubs. Like, your big guy's got to show up. Do I think the Yankees are winning a 2-1 to game tomorrow night? No, I don't. I think they're going to have to be the Yankees. They're going to have to have a couple of difference-making swings that leave the ballpark. Maybe that's Matt Carpenter off the bench. Maybe it's Harrison Bader once again. 
Maybe it's somebody we're not even talking about right about now. But that's the Yankee Avenue and blueprint to going and getting to the American League Championship Series. And I know we'll spend a lot of time dissecting, well, are the Yankees set up to beat Houston? Are the Yankees poised to give Houston a run? Right now, the answer is probably no, but I'm not even concerned with that. Get me to Houston. That's the mentality if you're the Yankees. Get me to Houston on Wednesday night. Point blank, bottom line, get me to Houston. And I got to commend the Yankees for this. It took them 166 games. Biggest game of the year. Elimination game. You did not see I care for shortstop. And rightfully so. He cost Severino dearly on Saturday. Made him throw about an extra 20 or 30 pitches. I don't understand why Peraza didn't play in September. I don't understand why Peraza is not on this roster right now. But I would say and I would guess your game five lineup will be exactly the same. Waldo at shortstop. And Aaron Hicks will probably be in left field. That's probably what you're looking at. Cleveland's bullpen will be rested. You know Tito Francona is masterful in these games. He's managed 10 zillion of them in Cleveland, in Boston. That's a concern of mine for tomorrow night. How Tito is going to move chess pieces and maybe outmaneuver Aaron Boone. That's a concern. But the Yankees are the better team, and there's no excuse. Go and find a way to get this to the American League Championship Series. That's what's in front of this team, but it's not about the ace. I don't want to hear any critiques now of Garrett Cole for the rest of the winter because in the biggest game of the year, the dude went out and shoved and give credit where credit is due. A lot of you roasted him. A lot of you killed him. Give the man his applause. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant job by number 45. Now, good vibes for the Yankees. Game five, we'll have our Calls from Spotify Live, which we did earlier in the evening, that were a smashing hit. But the New York football teams are 5-1 and one and 4-2, and two respectively. Holy moly. The Giants took down the Baltimore Ravens, and the Jets went into Lambeau, and they didn't just win. They absolutely whooped the Green Bay Packers, even on a day when they didn't get a whole lot out of their quarterback. I don't know where to start. I'm going to start from a Giants perspective. I'm going to tell you why. I know this is going to sound crazy because the Giants were playing at home and the Giants are off to a 4-1 start. I did not like the Giants' chances at all going into Sunday's matchup. And I'm going to have to tell Daniel Jones again that on Sunday. I'm going to have to tell him that again. I didn't like him against Lamar Jackson. I didn't like their chances against Mark Andrews. And for a good chunk of this game, it felt like Baltimore was going to put the Giants out of their misery. That's just the way it felt. Baltimore was having success running the football. It felt like the Giants had absolutely no answer for Mark Andrews, who was making play after play after play. And when the Giants fall behind 10, I don't think they're coming back to that. Now, Baltimore has had a knack for letting teams get back in the games. We understand that. But the Giants, to their credit, deserve praise yet again for overcoming double-digit fourth-quarter deficits, second-half double-digit deficits, and finding a way. Daniel Jones playing clean, crisp, quality football. Even as guys are dropping passes left and right, Bellinger, who it, it feels like is making a big play for the Giants time and time and time again, he goes and he gets the big touchdown to get you within three, to think that you have a shot at winning a game. And then the Giants play close, they hang around, and they let the other team 
go and make the big mistake. And Lamar Jackson today made the big mistake. I don't know what in God's name he was doing on that Julian Love interception. I, I, for the love of me, I have absolutely no idea what Lamar Jackson was trying to do. But the Giants take it. They capitalize. Boom, you have your heart in your throat when it looks like Marcus Peters has an interception. But boom, come, here comes the flag. Pass interference. Saquon Barkley scores the touchdown. And even when the Giants took the lead, I said, I still don't feel great about this. Now, maybe this is me being a skeptic. Maybe this would be me uh, being a hater. I don't know. I was like, Baltimore's going to win this game, right? They can't lose another close game. And Kayvon Thibodeau gets the strip sack, and the Giants are, are dancing, they're crying, they're celebrating a 5-1. and one. The New York Giants are 5-freaking-1. and freaking one. With this roster, hats off to Brian Dable and Wink Martindale. Holy moly. And Kafka and the entire coaching staff. The talent on this team does not equate to 5-1. and one. But yet here we are, and the Giants are right there in a wide-open NFC with a legitimate football season. And listen to the next couple of games for the Giants. At the Jaguars, at the Seahawks, home Texans, home Lions. You play poorly and you go two and two. The Giants would be seven and three. Think about this for a minute. Seven and three going into Turkey Day against the Cowboys. Like, uh, my head is spinning saying that. And I'm giving the Giants two and two in the next four. Got news for you. They might do better than that. Because they can win every single one of those games. I know it's the NFL. I know there's a lot of parody. I know there's a lot of mediocrity. But holy smokes. Holy freaking smokes. Now, I should keep those adjectives going for the New York Jets. And I said this on Push Your Bets Sunday morning on SNY. I said it on Friday's podcast. I thought the Jets were more live than the Giants today. Because I didn't like what I saw from Green Bay. Quite frankly, I haven't liked what I saw from Green Bay basically all damn year. And the Jets are ascending. The Jets are gaining more and more and more confidence. And what was overwhelming to me about the way the Jets won this game today, it wasn't about the quarterback. He didn't do much in this game. He was 10-18 for 118 yards. The reason the Jets won this game is because their physicality against a team that I thought was pretty damn physical in the Green Bay Packers, I guess not, because the Jets whooped them. They whooped them at the point of attack on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Aaron Rodgers took an absolute beating in this game. Quinton Williams was all over the field. All over the field. You're stuffing the Green Bay attack outside, basically, of the one touchdown that Aaron Rodgers threw in this game. Green Bay mustered up nothing on offense. Absolutely nothing on offense outside of the Lazard touchdown. The Jets owned the line of scrimmage. The Jets ran the football effectively. Brees Hall is an absolute star. Let's call it what it is. The Jets and Joe Douglas should give themselves a round of applause. They have found themselves a legitimate, bona fide, every down running back who is a rock star and is making big plays, it feels like, for this team time and time and time again. You get the big play on special teams. You end up getting scoop score for a touchdown. And then between Quinn Williams and Franco Myers, who are all over the place, the Jets, they finally are cooking with something here on the defensive side of the ball. There is talent. Joe Beningo and I were talking about this the other day. There's a lot of young talent for the Jets all over the place. 
And what you're seeing with this team is that they're gaining more and more and more confidence with each passing week. You saw it in that Steeler game. It was on full display against the Dolphins two weeks ago. And for those who were like, oh, it was a backup quarterback in Kenny Pickett or it was a uh, third-string quarterback in Skylar Thompson, well, I don't want to hear those excuses when you're playing Aaron Rodgers in the Packers. I don't care how compromised they may be. The Jets went on the road to Lambeau and absolutely smoked the Packers. In fact, I think the score was, was misleading in many ways because there were a couple of calls that I thought were rather questionable that went against the New York Jets. And the Jets, much like the Giants, four and two, you could believe. Now, the next month for the Jets is going to be very telling. At Denver, we'll see how they do on Monday night. And then listen to this gauntlet, end of October into early November. Listen to this. This is going to tell you what kind of year the Jets are going to have and whether or not you can really entertain the idea of them being a playoff team. Host the Patriots. Host the Bills. At the Patriots. Much like the Giants, if the Jets can find a way, somehow, some way, get two and two in those games. Denver, New England twice, and Buffalo. That would put the Jets at six and four going into Thanksgiving weekend. And at six and four, the Jets have a very reasonable and legitimate playoff opportunity. Think about that. We have not had collectively for both teams in town, a chance for each of them to make the postseason going all the way back to 2015. And that was a year that really did not go well for either team down the stretch. That was Tom, Tom Coughlin's last year with the Giants. That was the ill-fated uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, Chris Ivory, Sammy Watkins, Darrell Revis, Rex Ryan revenge game up in Buffalo with the season on the line. Todd Bowles still giving Joe an aneurysm to this day. That's the last year you had meaningful December football for both of these teams. I don't think I'm hallucinating by saying this. With the league being the way that it is, with the parity up and down the sport, with the Jets and the Giants getting off to the starts that they have gotten off to, we are going to have meaningful December post-Thanksgiving football that means something in this town. That's an exciting thought. And it's not delusional. I just rattled off the schedule. I just told you what's in front of these two teams. Nobody is saying that they are Super Bowl contenders. Nobody is going to that extreme. Playoffs? Hell yeah. Believe it. And I came around on the Giants uh, last week. I, I Shame on me for picking against them this week. Winning week, but shame on me for picking against them. I've seen a lot with the Jets, too. The Jets have talent. Now, I don't know if the Jets are going to be able in the AFC to get to the playoffs, but they're going to play meaningful games. I'm already on board in saying that. Because two and two over the next four for the Jets. Tricky, but it's doable. What a time. We are buzzing, man. We are buzzing. We got basketball coming up this week. We'll see if we have an ALCS to look forward to. There's a lot buzzing in the Big Apple. Well, playoff game means Spotify Live. So we'll have... All the reaction from the Yankees taking down the Cleveland Guardians, forcing a game five. You're going to love the calls, the back and forth, all that good stuff. And remember, same time, same place tomorrow 
We'll have a live. We'll post it as a pod. Either I'm going to be euphoric talking about the ALCS or I'm going to be trying to figure out what I'm going to be doing during the week when the Knicks aren't playing. It's not going to be a pretty sight. All right, Spotify Live, all the good stuff from Game 4. That's coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. For your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. So, the Yankees win game four. There will be a game five tomorrow night. And pressure's on. Cleveland's bullpen is all rested. It's all ready to go. The Yankees are going to have to find a way to get nine, uh, nine innings. I, I don't know how they're going to do that. Jamison tie on the start, and we take it from there. Survive in advance. Forget about the Astros for a second. Survive in advance. Step one, complete. Step two is tomorrow night. All right, let's get right to the calls right out of the gate. The great Justin in Floral Park. I'm sure a very giddy Justin in Floral Park. What's up, buddy? Oh, yeah, baby. With the Buffalo Bills, very happy about that. And uh, we'll see what happens. But, uh, JJ, I got to tell you one thing I'm not too happy about. How do you not hit this bullpen? Yeah, especially when they're not using the top guys. Now, Justin, I'm not – but let's be honest, Justin. That's not your overarching theme of this game, to be fair. I'm worried about this game tomorrow, man. That's well, I get that. Listen, Justin, I totally get that. At home, you have no idea what you're getting from Jamison Tyon. I don't know how deep into the game he's going to go. And you're right. The Yankees have to find a way to generate and tack on more offense. And they're going to go against the big relievers of Cleveland. Like, you know that they're big three guys, Class A, Karnaschek, and uh, Henkins. They're going to go at least two innings a pop. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Um, you know, I, like you said, Bader, what a pickup. Guy's been clutch. I mean, we called for it yesterday. Asked for Cabrera to be at short. Uh, you know, he did it. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, I, I guess you got to go Tyone. What do you go? Herman after that, and then take it. Uh, yeah, I think it depends on the situation, though, Justin. Listen, you, maybe, if the situation calls for it, I don't want to see guys like Herman and Cortez coming in in the middle of an inning when they're not used to doing that, and they're not doing that at all. Let them start clean innings. I start with Tyone. I try to get as much out of him as I can, but everybody's on call. Schmidt's on call. Peralta the third straight day. If it means pushing Wawazaga, so be it. If it means Holmes has to go, I don't want to hear it. It's an emergency. Better be an emergency situation for game five. 
I would hope so. All hands on deck. All hands on deck. Uh, let's head to Don, who's up next. Hi, Don. How we doing? JJ, what's going on, man? So, Don, I'm fired up, man. We'll have a game five. We will have a game five. And I, to be honest, Don, as down as I was yesterday after the loss, yep. I thought we were going to have a game five today. I said that to everybody when we did our Spotify Live yesterday. I expected Cole to show up. He did. I expected the Yankees to show up. They did. But now they got to finish the job against Cleveland tomorrow night. It means the offense needs to break out. They need to feed off the Yankee Stadium crowd. They got to solve the riddle of the Cleveland bullpen. They got to score some runs if they're going to win this game tomorrow, my friend. Yeah, no, I agree with you. We talked yesterday. and See, the thing to me is I think the big mistake from yesterday's game, you know, when we talked about yesterday, the fireable decision to not bring in Holmes, where that really comes back to haunt them is in game five, you know, in my opinion. I, I, I feel the same as you with today. I actually thought going in that Cole was going to pitch well, and he did. And I probably would have even brought him back out for the eighth, to be honest, let him go batter to batter. I'm a little still confused. Like, I don't know about you, but I, I don't really trust Wandy as my ninth inning guy. I would have put Wandy in the eighth and then Holmes in the ninth. But I mean, well, and remember, Wandy going for a third straight day. And how about this nugget from James Smythe? There's only one Yankee who has pitched in the postseason on four straight days. Paul Quantrill in game three, four, five, and six of that dreadful, faithful uh, 2004 American League Championship Series. I got news for you. Wandy Peralta, Don, is going for a fourth straight day. And I disagree with you there. I trust Wandy more than I trust Holmes. I really do. I trust him more. Yeah, I just think Holmes' stuff is electric as long as he's throwing strikes. and they're home Well, listen, Don, with the way he threw today, that is the version of Quay Holmes the Yankees desperately need. The guy who is attacking hitters, he's not fooling around with anybody, the ball is moving all over the place. That's the version the Yankees need, no question. They do. And if I have to hear anything about it not being an emergency tomorrow or him not being able to pitch, I mean, I'm going to lose my shit tomorrow. So he, he better be a man. Yeah, I mean, listen, Don, that goes out the window. It's win or go home. And, and that means if Severino and Esther got to throw in this game, too. All hands on deck. Across the board, all hands on deck. Let's head to Chris in New Jersey. Hi, Chris. How we doing? JJ, I apologize first and on not uh, coming in for game three yesterday. I just didn't think it was an emergency for me to come on. Oh, so it wasn't an emergency for you. Okay, so you got the Clay Holmes treatment. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but I'll just go into my talking points. Uh, props to Cole for earning his money tonight. Really taking advantage of that 7, 8, 9 part of that weak part of the Cleveland lineup. But here's one thing that I really lo loved. I loved the Yankees and Boone attacking right away in the first with getting Torres on and then stealing right away and trying to get one immediately. Calm the nerves. I would love for them to repeat that in Game 5. Yeah, listen, I have to give the Yankees credit. I thought the move, getting Judge out of the leadoff spot was a panic move. It felt like the front office and Aaron Boone were listening to Alex Rodriguez on the Fox broadcast, for goodness sakes. Uh, but Gleyber Torres has performed fine. Aaron Judge did hit a home run in game three. Missed one in game four, to be perfectly honest with you, Chris. A pitch that he probably clobbers earlier in the year. His timing is not all the way there. But don't you have a feeling tomorrow night with the year Aaron Judge has had with all the chips in the middle of the table for all the marbles to get this series against the Houston Astros, don't you get the sense that Aaron Judge is going to have a big moment or two tomorrow? I'll leave it with this. The words of Santana Moss, big-time players make big-time plays in big-time games. Amen. I'll, stay, I'll leave you at that. I like it, Chris. And you know what? The Yankee fans got to start showing some love to Garrett Cole with the way he pitched in this series. 
You know what? You guys can't destroy the guy. And I'm fair on this, too. I gave him a hard time all year because I couldn't get that start in Boston out of my head. He answered the bell in this series. Facing elimination, backs up against the wall, gut-wrenching, gut-wrenching. Game three loss. Seven innings and two-run baseball. Give Derek Cole the credit. That is much, much deserved after that start. Much deserved. Let's head to uh, Anthony, who's up next. Hi, Ant. How we doing? Hey, JJ. It's good to talk to you again. My pleasure, Anthony. What's up, pal? Yeah, I... I actually want to comment on the the Clay Holmes thing. You know, I kind of didn't really buy into the whole Aaron Boone theory. I kind of got the feeling last night in game three, he didn't trust Clay Holmes with men on base. And I think he gave some this, you know, kind of like Fagazi answer. Uh, you know, every time Clay Holmes has been in these these games in this series, he's put somebody on. So I, I think I, I don't know if the, how much of the trust level is there for for Clay Holmes with Aaron Boone. Um, well, I think they like him in clean innings. I, I think you're partially onto something there, Anthony. But again, going back to yesterday, the way he used Trevino and the way he used Loisaga cannot be the case. That cannot add up if you're not going to use Clay Holmes in the bottom half of the ninth inning of yesterday's game. It just can't. Yeah, and and I'll say this. I think uh, going forward, I don't know how you put IKF back at shortstop. Yeah, I saw Sweeney, our pal, the great Sweeney Murdy over at WFAN, bring this up, Anthony, and I think it's an excellent and a valid point. The season's on the line. It took the Yankees 166 games to say, oh, well, now we don't want IKF at shortstop. It'd be nice if a guy like Peraza was in the lineup because then you could have still played Waldo out in the outfield. But I do wonder, and again, the Yankees got to win tomorrow night. So this is a major, major hypothetical. But if Andrew Benintendi can play in the ALCS, then I think the days of Isaiah Connor Falefa playing shortstop for the Yankees are over, and rightfully so. Uh, let's head to, I'm sure, a very giddy Charlie in Elmhurst. What's up, buddy? JJ, so thank goodness. Uh, well, actually, winners all around. Giants, Jets. Yeah, big day in New York sports, man. The 5-1 and one Giants, the 4-2 and two Jets, and the Yankees live to die another day. And plus, our family played with Joe B and you, Colts minus one. Colt was the winner. Colt was the winner. It was a little dicey there, but the old man was able to pull it out in the fourth quarter. You love to see that, Charlie. You love to see that. Yes. So I was absolutely nervous. I was like, I was just, just like just stone cold watching the game. But Cole, he delivered. He delivered again. And this is what I wanted to see from Cole. And for, for two stars, he he strike first, and now he he let us survive once. The uh the other than that, I mean, basically Cole, he everything you wish for. Oh, he did his job, and listen, we've seen plenty of aces, Charlie, in this postseason come up small. Max Scherzer for the Mets being a perfect example. Uh, you look at other teams, and you think about Max Fried and how poorly he pitched for the Atlanta Braves. Even Verlander in Game One, not great for the Houston Astros. Garrett Cole answered the bell. 2020 performed great in the postseason for the Yankees last year. Let's hope we look at last year against Boston as a major aberration. And for the rest of Cole's career, we're talking about, for the most part, more good than bad when it comes to the postseason. Because you know this, Charlie, even the greats like an Andy Pettit or a Mariano Rivera, they had their moments where they slipped up in the postseason. I mean, Andy Pettit with a chance to win the World Series gave up about 10 runs to the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, uh, Garrett Cole is off the shit list. Please, he better be. 
Yes, he earned he earned his money. And I mean, for God's sake, on the third inning, can can Hicks hustle and what is that? Call off Donaldson? I mean, are you kidding me? Come yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going on there. And the left field corner for the Yankees, Charlie, in this series has just been absolutely brutal. I mean, whether it's game two in Ramirez, whether it's game three, whether it's game four, I feel like there have been 10 zillion plays that have gone against the Yankees in that left field corner. And look, I applaud the manager and the general manager for getting IKF out of the lineup. Took him way too long. A guy like Peraza should have been on the roster. But you couldn't have IKF at shortstop. If the what I saw in game three where he caught Severino about 30-plus pitches, you could not have him at shortstop. So I respect that. That's good. Let's head to Motis. He's up next. I'm trying to run through as many as I can. Motis, what's happening, baby? Hey, how you doing, man? Motis, doing great. What's up, Poppy? For every, again, you mentioned earlier, for all the shit we give Garrett, you know, he's been really shown up these, you know, two games that he's pitched this series. We got to give him his flowers. For- Balled out. No other way around it, Motis. Balled out. Saved the Yankee season tonight. He saved it. And, and just... Piggyback on that. I mean, you talk about that ass who that nailer. I mean, that guy is just that was just such a classless, unprofessional move. And I'm all for the guys celebrating. You know, I have no issue, no issue, no issue with any of these celebrations and the bat flips and going nuts when you hit a big home run. I love it. I love when guys show emotion. That baby celebration when you're down in a game and it's that over the top, dude. What the hell is that? I was just going to mention that. I was like, you didn't hit the game, like, go ahead, home run, dude. You hit a home run that's first row solo shot, and you're still down in the ball game. I mean, that's kind of classic. But, you know, again, um, the Yankees bats, you know, they did a good thing they showed up in the beginning of the game because this bullpen scares me. Class A's ready to go for tomorrow. Um, oh, all their guys. Listen, Motis, all their guys are going to be ready to go. Um, it, it's going to be Savala to start. Uh, you might see Bieber for a couple. Yankees may have Nesta Cortez go a couple. I mean, it's game five. Anything goes in a game five. Cleveland has the edge in the bullpen, though. There's no doubt. They have the edge. Let's head to the Cobra, who is up next. Hello, Cobra. Dude, I'm going to say this. You know, I was, uh, after last night, I, I didn't have much faith. But, you know, again, Cole, Cole, give him, give him all, all, all his due. You know, he pitched well. He pitched amazing tonight. He was squeezed in game one, too. But, uh, you know, give him all the credit in the world. Uh, IKF, I don't even want him back on the charter tonight. Fucking leave him there. And uh, tomorrow, you know, I, I think a nice, uh, I, I hope uh, a nice warm welcome from the Yankee Stadium crowd to Naylor. Oh, they're going to give him it. Well, listen, we don't want we don't want to repeat it, John Rocker, please. The Yankee fan is way clear. Come on. We don't want it. You don't want to be associated with that nonsense from the late 90s, bro. You don't want that. Come on. Come on. I mean, what he said wasn't completely bad, but but here's the thing. I'm going to say it like this: tomorrow, get it done. It's all hands on deck. I, you know, again, don't even worry about Houston on Wednesday. You got to win this game tomorrow. And I think they'll approach it like that, Cobra. Listen, I fully expect everybody pitching, everybody available. If it means you're using Nesta Cortez, so be it. Everybody's going to be ready to go. Everybody. All right, let's head to Eric, who's up next. Eric, what's up, pal? Agree with everything that you say about Cole. I think. What was so impressive tonight was any time that it felt like there was a big inning that Cleveland was about to get going, he was able to get out of it with minimal damage. And uh, that third inning was looked like it was a little bit uh, going to be a little dicey. And I'm not sure if you saw um, the broadcast with Costas. He was praising the play that Hicks made 
as if Hicks had thrown out the runner at first. It was Torres who threw him out. Hicks was jogging. And that was a huge play. I'm glad that you brought that up, Eric. That was such a huge swing to nail Jose Ramirez when he got off of first base. And I know we have killed Gleyber Torres at times for being lackadaisical. To nail Jose Ramirez there, to silence that momentum at only one run, big, big swing, especially seeing how Naylor got to Garrett Cole with a home run later in the game, but there was nobody on base. No, that was huge. You have to make those defensive plays right there. Uh, so Torres definitely bailed out Cole right there. And it you know, comes down to not leaving uh, leaving outs on the table. So they did a good job from that perspective. Uh, but I, yeah, I expect the Yankees to show up in, in game five. I think this was the, the lineup in the roster tonight that they should have used yesterday. So hopefully IKF's out, Cabrera's in. Not sure if they'll leave Hicks out and left. Maybe they go Lo Castro. But they have to stop making these lackadaisical plays that can lead to big innings and higher pitch counts for you know Cole or Severino last night. So they really need to lock in on that. Yeah, I'd be shocked, Eric, if you see IKF in the lineup in game five. Absolutely shocked. And I know he had a couple of hits. There's no way in the world you're playing him. You sat him in game four. You tell me he's going to be in the lineup in game five. I think Aaron Hicks probably will be in left field. I think the Yankees will run it back exactly the same way. We'll see if they're pitching staff, and we'll see if this lineup is up to the challenge. Uh, Neil Keefe, who is now becoming like a regular contributor on these Spotify Lives. Buddy, I told you I felt good about this game. I, I did tell you that. Be fair. <laughs> you did. And I saw, I told you the same uh, via text that I, that I felt confident as well. I just... Now, you know, I the, I feel like the celebratory uh, aspect of winning is starting to wear off. I'm starting to worry about tomorrow and two things already. Well, now, you know what's funny, Neil? We had the 06 comparison. I hope we're not talking about 2011 all over again where they lost the game five in their home building. It's loaded every inning. Oh, my goodness. Horrible. Horrible. And it's a similar vibe. I mean, the only difference is the Yankees in that game, I, I, I forget who even It was Nova. Nova who pitched for the Yankees. And we didn't realize with the Tigers how good Max Scherzer and Duck Fister would end up being as pitchers. You know what I mean, dude? Like, you look back on it now, Scherzer's a Hall of Famer, and Duck Fister had a pretty damn good big league career. He did. He did, and he certainly pitched well against the Yankees. I think with tomorrow now, Tyone starting, Boone just said that uh, Nestor can probably go out of the pen. If Nestor can go out of the pen, then just start him. And I get that he has the history as a reliever from you know, the, the uh, you know, 2019 season when he was sort of the piggyback to Chad Green as the opener. So he does have relief experience. But if he's available to give you a couple innings, start Cortez, you know, get through the top of the order with him rather than with Tyone. And then to see Boone say that hey, Cabrera's probably playing shortstop tomorrow. It's like, come on, Boone. We, look, that was it for IKF. He's not playing shortstop again, barring an injury for the Yankees. That that was it. That was the end of his time. We, we made it. It's just amazing that we had to go through 166 games and it took an elimination game in Cleveland, Neil, to get IKF out of the lineup. It truly is remarkable when you think about it. Remarkable. I mean, it's it's an organizational failure that it got to this point and, you know, that it took an entire season and they let him single-handedly lose that game three with the booted double play ball. With By the way, will they actually have the stones next round to put Peraza on the roster? I mean, they better. They have to. Yeah. They better. If they're, gonna, if they're not going to play IKF, then you know what? They should tell the kid, hey, guess what? You're the shortstop and then we'll put Cabrera out in left field. Now, that's assuming Benintendi can't make it back but let's be honest, Neil. These are good problems to have. I hope we're talking about them on Wednesday. I really do. Yeah, I, I do hope so as well. But I, I do think, you know, now you start to think about tomorrow and how they're going to get through this game. You know, Savali pitching for Cleveland, I, I almost feel like that's a mirage by Francona. If there's two guys on in the first inning, he's out of the game. You know, if he faces, the, you know, comes in, 
Furt gets an out, two guys get on. I think he's out. They, they've used their elite arms one game in this series. All those guys can give them two plus. They've got a handful of them. I think he's going to look to get seven plus innings out of his bullpen. Uh, I think you could see Savali out of there right away. And then Tyone, I just, if Cortez is available, like he says, I think he should start. I mean, you have to get through that one, two, three. You cannot let them score right away because then Francona will just go to the pen that much. No, and my biggest fear with this game, Neil, is that Francona will run circles around the Yankee manager. And that is a legitimate, legitimate fear going into this game. So to me, if you're the Yankees, you got to take it out of the equation, which means your star players have to show up. That means Aaron Judge. That means John Carlos Stanton. That means Anthony Rizzo, who set a tone in this ball game with a base hit in the first inning to get it going. Like the Yankee star players, I know it's simplistic, dude. They have to perform. If this is a game that comes down to bullpens, I don't think the Yankees will outlast Cleveland's bullpen and move for move and tick for tack and Tito and Boone. It won't work. The Yankees are going to have to play their brand of baseball, which means long ball and Yankee Stadium if we're talking about a date with the Astros. Yeah, and they almost need the formula they had tonight where they took an early lead because the formula that worked in game one where they had to come back on the Bader home run and tack on later, that's not going to work in this game with what Francona is willing to do with the bullpen. So they have to get an early lead. It's imperative. Uh, and they have to get through Juan, Rosario, and Ramirez in the first. They cannot let those guys put up one or two runs in the first and then play from behind. That that probably will be their season if they do that. Um, gut feel. We are both confident in game four. Are you confident Monday night at Yankee Stadium? Yeah, I'm confident. I've been confident this whole series. You can't lose to this team. You're much better. You're much better. That's what it boils down to. You need to win this game. And I think the Yankees understood that going into today. The A's showed up. But now it's a game five. Anything can happen in a game five. Uh, I'm telling you right now, Neil, Carpenter's going to have a big moment tomorrow night. I got a weird feeling. I got a weird feeling. We've been waiting to see that big moment from Matt Carpenter. I think it happens tomorrow night. Yeah, it's got to happen at some point. He's got one at bat in four games, which is ridiculous for as good as he was this year. Uh, but yeah, I'm confident. I think, I, I mean, going home, always confident with the Yankees at, at the stadium. And, you know, what we've talked about, they're a better team than Cleveland. You know, when Cleveland's not blooping you and finding grass with these, you know, that, that Glaber double play ball had a 650 expected batting average. The Jose Ramirez bloop RBI single is 0.090, less than a hundred, you know, less than a 10% chance of finding grass. And of course it did. So if those things aren't happening for Cleveland, they, they just can't score against the Yankees. So, uh, you just hope it doesn't happen again on uh, on Monday at the stadium. The great Neil Keefe, Keefe to the city. I'll have an outstanding column. He's been a part of these. He's like a regular now. I love it. Uh, I'm sure we'll be chatting tomorrow. All right, I got to take a couple more now. I got to do TV. Uh, the great Anthony in Westchester. Anthony, let it out, baby. Exhale. How are you, my man? Uh, listen, I, I'm better today than I was last night. I was. You and me both. You and me both. Absolutely. Listen, Cole answered the bell. Um, I wanted to see him fight Boone in the dugout to go out for the eighth because we didn't know if it was going to be Holmes or not. But listen, he did exactly what you asked for, 110 pitches. In my eyes, he gave up one run. That little bloop that Donaldson missed, I don't know where the hell Aaron Hicks was. I think he forgot he was playing the field. Um, I don't know why we have a left fielder out there that can't run in and catch a fucking ball. But whoever's doing the Yankees' defensive shifts, they should really look at these again because these bloops and whatnot, they're killing us. But regardless, let's put it all behind. Tomorrow, the stadium has to be rocking. The bodega, Billy's, stands, dugout, they all got to be rocking. They have to get out to an early lead. You said it just now. They have to play Yankee baseball. You're at home. You need home runs. You need to fucking, you need to put your foot on their throats. Right away. Totally agree. Set a tone. Whether that's Aaron Judge with a homer, 
Rizzo or Stanton with a homer. Anthony, it sounds simplistic. If they are going to win this game, they cannot, dare I say, not hit one. You know, you got it. You got to out homer them. Minimum. They should. This team doesn't hit a lot of home runs, Cleveland. You need to out homer Cleveland, I'd say, by at least one or two. Give me at least two bombs in this ball game. Give me one with at least a duck on the pond that I think we're talking about a Yankee win. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's like it, it sounds very, very simplistic on paper. You hit double the amount of home runs as this team in the regular season, do it now in the postseason, and hope that your starting pitcher, opener, whatever the hell he's going to be. Um, you know, listen, Tyler had a good year this year. He was by no means a number two, not even really a number three, but he had a good year. If Nestor is ready, to me, I would much rather see Nestor go out there and set a tone because I just don't think anything phases that guy. I think he just takes like nine shots of Cuban espresso before a start, and he just goes out there swinging his cock, ready to go. Um, but listen, the faith is in Tyone. You still haven't seen Herman this entire series. You gotta figure he's. You gotta figure he's gonna play a role in this game, right? And you gotta be careful. You gotta be careful with these starters to make sure Anthony that they're not coming in to put out a fire. You have relievers to do that. So if that means Jamison Tyone is getting into trouble tomorrow night. That means maybe a guy like Trevino comes in early. Maybe it's Schmidt. Whoever the case it may be, you can't have starters do something that they haven't done. It won't work. No, I mean, because look, at the end of the day, there's nobody in that bullpen who's a starter that can do what Mike Cena did and come into an absolute shit show. It's just not out, not out there. The other thing, and I don't want to kill the guy because, look, he carried this team. Judges that bat. Yes, he had the home run last night. He doesn't look like himself. That chase for 60, 61, 62. Fucked up his head. It fucked up the swing. He's not even taking his walks. I like he's a little aggressive, but he's he's not himself. I understand that. But, Anthony, you know and I know if the Yankees are going to win this thing, it's time to snap out of it, and it's time to snap out of it in a hurry. They need Aaron Judge. All right, I got time for two more really quick because then I got to do makeup and get ready. Syosset, let's go. Listen, last night I, I didn't move from the couch for maybe 45 minutes. And I said, I'm not going to put myself through this shit. I barely watched the game tonight. I watched here or there, and I followed on the phone. What? What? Syosset? You couldn't do it? You didn't have confidence in the uh, in number 45? In the $300 million man? I'm down on you, Syosset. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Thing, though, it's like you said earlier in the week when I said we need a big game from Severino. It was the bats that I didn't have confidence in. But Cole pitched, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, right, the biggest postseason game of his Yankee career tonight. But the previous Anthony just brought up a, a very good point. And how about Peralta, by the way? That's your closer. Enough's enough. Peralta's your closer. He's got the biggest stones out of anybody in that bullpen. It's not even close. Biggest stones. Um, how about the fact that that our boy Domingo Mandingo hasn't been used this series? What's going on there? I mean, is, is tomorrow not the night? I think it's a perfect opportunity to use him for a couple of innings. And I think you'll see him for a couple of innings. Remember, Syosset, this is a guy who outpitched Max Scherzer earlier in the year. Let's not forget about that. Yeah, and, and I don't want to put, you know, I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. I don't. They have to win tomorrow. But I've said this to you. I, I, I've said this to anybody who will listen. What MLB has done with the scheduling of these series, all, all for the television contracts, is an absolute disgrace. The fact that you, after what Cole did tonight, if God willing, they win tomorrow, there's a real possibility even if the even if the series goes seven games, well, I mean, I'd imagine they bring him on short rest, but you're only going to see him once on regular rest. 
because the final five games of the LCS would be consecutive. I mean, that is an absolute disgrace that, that, that MLB has done that. They've basically compromised the series and compromised the way the managers can set up their pitching for television contracts. And we've talked about that. Listen, Anthony, we talked about it when the schedule came out a couple of weeks ago. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. But you'll deal with that problem if the Yankees are advancing. Real quick, 30 seconds or less. Jeff Money. What's up, Money? Good night. See, now we got the value for tomorrow. See, with the line. So the line, the Yankees were 156. I saw on Fandle. We got. And I'm glad we're in on plus money for the series. Yes, sir, baby. Yes, sir. We got the, we got the ultimate value. We got a nice day today. And we hopefully, hopefully my Cowboys can capitalize at the end. Even I didn't put money on, just rooting for them. Well, listen, Jeff Money, I know you're invested. I know you'll be invested tomorrow night. And we're heads up in that game. You're rolling with the Chargers. I'm rolling with the Denver Broncos. Bottom line is this. That is secondary to the main event, Yankee Stadium. So tomorrow night, we're either talking about the Yankees and the Astros or we're talking about the season coming to a close. Great work by the legendary Stefan Anderson. I am back tomorrow. I mean, it's the, uh, the fall of JJ. We don't take any days off around here. That's what we do. The show must go on. JJ out. Be good, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.